Rossburg, Ohio isn't home to many people. But if you love dirt late model racing, if you live dirt late model racing, when I first met you, you were unlike anything I'd seen. Thank you for giving me chills every time I pull into this beautiful racetrack. At least one weekend a year, it is home to all of us. It's called the world. But nobody can ever do the world 100. Joe Daldora Speedway. Winning the world 100 three times in four years put me in a different arena for the rest of my life. It really did. Eldora and the World 100 speak to each one of us individually. That's never changed in almost what, 50 years now, I guess. Most prestigious dirt track race that there is. Fans or drivers, they, you know, if you just showed them that picture, they'd know exactly where that race is, when it is. But it's just, it's just the world. It's, it's what you work up to. No matter what you've done in the past, you're remembered. You were a World 100 winner. Everything else stops. That's the race for the weekend. Still, you would rather win the World 100 than any race all year long. And now takes home the race that he and many of these other drivers freely admit holds the prestige in late model racing. You know, it's going to be around for a long time, this race is going to be. You don't live here, but you are from here. We all are. Welcome home to the World 100. video cast for world 100 week 2022 and as we sit here today i cannot help but think how is the summer coming to an end how have we arrived already in early september how has the richest dirt late model season ever in the history of our sport blown by really in the blink of an eye I, you know i did turn 40 this past year my father <laughs> okay calm down over there <laughs> calm down over there i did turn 40 to get back on track and my father always told me that the older you get the faster it goes and i think i am feeling that this summer more than ever i am michael rigsby inside our dirt on dirt.com and flow racing studios in bloomington illinois and as you saw in our hype reel off the top there is truly no week in our sport that is more important than this one. It just has a feeling of this year, you know, how did it get here so fast? I think that's a product likely. I'm feeling this and I've talked to a lot of race fans and sponsors and industry people that are feeling this too. There's been so much high level racing this summer 
that we were kind of preoccupied mentally with all that. So I think that's part of why we've gotten to the World 100 in this early part of September, at least what feels like so fast. Let me get some thoughts on that. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host on these pre-Eldora journeys, D-Suave, Derek Kessinger. Buddy, am I right uh, about that? We've just... Are you flexing? Is no, that what's I'm happening? I'm fixing out my wire. Go ahead, you know? fix it. Fix it. I'm good. No. A little, <laughs> oh. little better fix. There, go ahead. Keep get going. It's, it's like, you know, it's like I got, you know, my, my little brother in, in here. With me. There we well, go. you know, if That's you button that top button a little bit more, you're showing off the guns over there. Showing well, off know. the chest There we pubes. go. Just yeah. showing off what I've been doing all summer. Produ- producer Dustin McCarty <laughs> joining us as well. But, Swab, am I, am I right about that? We've had so much high-level racing. We've also got the dream this week, too. I don't want to not forget that. It just feels like everything crept up on us quickly. We're recording this on September 1st as we lead into Labor Day weekend. Man, it went fast to get to well, the I mean, World 100. The summer of Month of Money started back in June with the firecrackers. <laughs> right. uh, Smoky Mountain had a 50 grand to win race, and then Port Royal added on to their show. Yep. See, so another extra week of Deer just Creek. a big pain. Yep. Deer Creek. It was just a chaotic, fun summer. I think Kyle McFadden, shout out to him, one of our riders during uh, the Dirt Reporter, said there was only like two days in the month of July and August of so maybe with no racing. Wow. And I couldn't even imagine how many races paid at least 10 grand. And like the new 50 is the new 10 grand nowadays. <laughs> Let's not get it carried like, away. Well, it's, Let's not get what it is getting, It's getting up there. They're getting maybe the new 20. Maybe the new 20. Okay, I like that. Yeah, so 20. it's been great. Also, we've seen one guy this summer pretty much dominate this whole summer here, especially the last month. Yeah. So he's getting a lot of the attention, and obviously he'll be one of the favorites later on when we talk about who's going to win this week. We will talk more about Kevin Weaver later. I'm assuming that's who you're talking no, about. No, that's not how I wish. <laughs> maybe in like maybe the 2000 range, 98, right. 99, maybe. Yeah. I have maybe. to mention off the top as well, there is only one place to watch the final 86 laps of the Dirt Late Model Dream and the entire three-day World 100. We'll start with the Dream, and that is on Flow Racing all four days, the Dream Makeup on Wednesday, and of course, all three days of the World 100 live only on America's, and I really mean this, America's number one home for stream motorsports i think over 2000 events this year we're going to have and that is flow racing dream and world watch it only live on flow racing so i'll let you and i wrap off the top quickly about what we've got ahead for us this weekend because this really is an eldora week like i said unlike any unlike any other with not only for the first time ever you know this year we had the million right we had the double worlds and the double dreams last year but for the first time ever we've got dream and world 100 happening in the same week but the unique additional format for the Dream on Wednesday night, guys that have never won an Eldora feature will race on Wednesday night. Here's what this week looks like. I wanted to sort of show it to the fans. So on Wednesday, you've got the Dream Conclusion, of course. That resumes after 14 laps, $128,000 to win. And Suave, I love this, chasing the Dream features, probably two or three, 5000 each. Derek, if you've never won a feature at Eldora, you can compete in that Wednesday night. And I, that is going to be a lot of fun on Wednesday. Does that count the Todd Turner scrambles? Uh, uh, the B scrambles do not count okay. as a feature. So there's been a few <laughs> guys up there, a couple of Illinois guys the last few years winning that. So if they haven't won a race, get a chance to be on the stage, get your picture made with the Eldora girls, the trophy girls. So picture made. I don't. Yeah. I hate that saying. Picture taken. I, know. I right? did that for uh, for Robert, yeah, Ben, Ben, our, our Southern reporters. So they're going to be on here later. So <laughs> wanted to give them a little flair as well. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Just yep. for guys to duke it out. They're going to be. 
you know, probably 25, 30 laps, I think, like yeah. usual, just prelim features. And those races are always exciting, and it'll be very inter interesting to see what guys will be on the stage later that night. And let's not forget, we're going to talk a lot about the dream throughout this program. There's 14 laps in, Derek. What's so unique about this is it's not like you have to unload the same car at this yeah, thing. This it, is it's really going to be weird to start this thing up. Uh, we'll, yeah. we're, we're going to show the dream running order more later, but I'm glad DMAC threw it up here. Now it looks like this, right? Madden, Overton, Huddy, Carson, Ferguson is in fourth when this thing restarts. This is pretty neat as well. Yeah, I mean, if you're Chris Madden, a lot has changed in those three months. I was, uh, he, you know, junked his Eldora car at I-80 in a devastating crash in one of those heat races. Um, I'm sure guys like JD's excited to go back because he's always fast at Eldora. And this last month, they found some extra speed. I know he's starting in 20th. He'll probably make his way up there. And a couple guys, hey, we got like T-Mac. He's up towards the front in this race. Can he get the lead early? Seems like he's always, you know, coming on late. He's been kind of quiet here the last couple months. Go back, DMAC, for me, if you would, real quick, to the uh, week, the weekend running order. I want to finish that for folks at home. And, of course, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the traditional, now traditional, three-day World 100 split field prelims, 12,000 to win a piece. So double 12,000s Thursday, double 12,000s Friday. And, Derek, Saturday night pays 55,000 to win, but the start money this year, I don't want that to be lost. 5,200? 5,200 bucks to start the World 100 other than the uh, Silver Dollar Nationals at I-80 will be the highest paying dirt late model starting race in the country. That's year. what we need. These drivers are loving these uh, races that are paying $50,000 to yep. win. The next thing they want to see is the yep. payout throughout the field. This is a good start. So we might as well do it the World 100 and Fun Factory because I think this is the ninth or eighth or ninth year we've done this format Thursday, That's Friday. Right. God, already so almost 2014, I think, God. was the first one. Maybe 13. I have to go back and check my notes, but almost a decade we've been doing this format. Time flies, like you said earlier. That is what the schedule will look like for this weekend. We'll get back to that dream running order a little bit later in the show because we're going to talk a little bit more about, about that. Some notes I've got off the top. I've been going to Eldora since the 90s. I haven't missed a World 100 since the early 90s. Derek, we showed that dream running order. I think this is... Man, you know, you forget. You said twenty's the new ten. I kind of think people forgetting about the dream. It pays one hundred and twenty-eight thousand yeah. dollars to win on a Wednesday night. Would have been unfathomable five, six, seven, eight, ten years ago. I don't want people to lose sight of that. We are paying for an eighty, whatever it is, lap dash, a hundred and twenty-eight grand on a Wednesday night in the cornfields of Ohio, in less than a week from now. Yeah, it's not like we're at lap. Uh, 49, just to call it halfway. We have a pretty much a full right, feature. Right. You know, 80-some laps, 86, I believe. It's going to be entertaining. Guys can come and go at Eldora. I'm sure guys that were stinky in June <laughs> stinky, that I are like fast that. now, they're ready to go back at it. And I'm sure some guys that are running up front, guys that made some noise earlier in that race back in June are probably like, man, oh, man, I'll be thinking about this for three months. So $128,000 is nothing to laugh at. Well, I know Eldora workshopped a lot of ideas about running something with the dream makeup. They came down, came up with the chasing a dream guys that had never won a feature. Derek, we're going to show some potential guys that are going to be in that field later. Do you have a favorite for that right now? A guy that could win one or, one or the other one of those features? I mean, I don't right? want to... I. One guy who shocked both of us that he was on there. I mean, Mike Marler. I he's know. never won a race at Eldora, at least in a race, late model. Least, I'm sure right, he's won yeah. in a modified. He will definitely be one of those guys that will contend. A little bit extra time to get your car dialed in for the prelims that come Thursday and Friday to start the heat races on Saturday. So a little tuned session for Marler. He'll definitely be one of the guys to look out for in those qualifying features. And I don't think anybody would disagree that the Eldora vibe is nearly, this is my last note before we get to the media roundtable, it's unmatched, right? Uh, the Eldora, there's one Eldora in dirt late model racing, but I want to see 
and I don't want this to come across like I'm, I'm worried or being critical of Eldora, but Derek, we've had this summer of yeah. massive racing everywhere, right? Biggest paydays in Deer Creek, Smoky Mountain, you know, Lernerville, Port Royal, all biggest paydays in the history of all those racetracks. I wonder if that mega event, you know, consistency all summer, does that affect the Eldora World 100 feeling or vibe or magnitude of Eldora at all? My suspicion tells me 95% no, 5% yes. Do you have any concern about that as a guy that loves Eldora as much as I do that it may change the tenor of the feeling of the World 100? That's one of my first notes is how is the vibe going to be? It's obviously the Super Bowl of our racing, but could this be the potential of like a, what was I going to say, the Carolina Panthers, Denver Broncos Super Bowl, which are like two just good teams, but it's not like that like 50th World 100 we had last year or the Eldora Million we had this year. I think that took a lot of fans maybe like, you know what, maybe we're going to just go to the Million, check out history, but... I think the way the society is going, when we get to the week of, the vibe will just start to kick up. And the time we get to Thursday, that place will be even crowded as it's always been. Hopefully we get a record crowd again. And 50-50 should be good as well. If we are previewing Eldora Big Events, you know we're talking to our group of experts for the 16th year in a row. Derek, there's not a lot of media companies that do anything 16 years in a row. I saw Home Depot's sponsorship of College Game Day just hit year 20. So it's like, man, we're right there with College Game Day as far as traditions that we've been doing on this show. Uh, We're about to do it now. For the 16th consecutive year, our Eldora Media Roundtable, where five of the best journalists in the business share their thoughts on the Eldora week ahead. Let's get that kicked off now. In the leadoff spot, the one hole, the man who's been all over America for the past two weeks leading our road to Eldora coverage. It's my good friend, Ben Shelton. Benji, we had double World 100s last year, double dreams. A few months ago, we had the million. Now we've got the dream in the world in the same week as we head into what really is yet another historic checkbox milestone at the half mile. Ben, what do you see as we head into this dream world week? Well, I feel like I see two of everything right now. It's been so damn busy for the past month or so. But, you know, what's perfectly in focus is that Jonathan Davenport seems prime for a fifth World 100 title. And then, obviously, next in line is Chris Madden, who, by the way, as you guys said, will lead the 28th Dirt Weight Model Dreamfield back to the green flag when that race resumes. You know, apart from those two, and, yeah, consider us a challenge. Everybody else, all 100-plus other drivers, consider it a challenge. Apart from those two, it seems like everybody else is jockeying for position and trying to find that magic formula to dethrone uh, J.D. and Chris Matt. I'll give you some other chance at some other random storylines you're watching, Ben. And one thing I love, you've been out on the road with this road to Eldora, and you've picked up so many nuggets and news. Give us some other things you're keeping an eye on for this weekend. Well, uh, one of those nuggets right off the bat, day one at Capital Race Cars, I go in and Daryl Lanigan's standing there with Marshall <laughs> Green. And they're like, surprise. So, yeah, you know, Lanigan's picking up, uh, he picked up that new Capital Race car uh, for Tony Jackson Jr. Racing. Uh, he's scheduled to debut it during the Baltus Classic and then take it to the World 100. We'll see how that'll work. I know both Marshall Green and Lanigan were really excited. And then, you know, then seeing if Madden can finally get the Eldora monkey off his back and take the big win and the completion of the 28th Dirt Late Model Dream. We're, we're going to make history. I talked to Dell McDowell about this on Road Del Dore yesterday. I said, in your life, did you ever think we would see a six-figure payday race, the completion of it, be delayed almost three months? He said, not even almost. So, you know, we don't want to get that to be lost, 128000 on the line there. And you also, you took on my other points. Let's not forget that Eldora rookie Carson Ferguson is restarting fourth <laughs> right. on the grid when the dream refires. Uh, 
Brandon Overton felt really good about his car when it started to, before it started to rain back during the dream. We'll see if he can maybe go get a third dream. And then I think a, a big thing, the track surface. I think everybody in the world, no pun intended, hell, maybe pun intended, I don't know. They, know <laughs> they all know what a fire drill it was to get that place ready for the million and the dream. Well, now we've had a few races on it and have gotten everything worked in, so it'll be interesting to see what awaits the drivers. And last but not least, I personally love the Chasing the Dream yeah, previous non-winner features on Wednesday. Hey, man, if we got to be there Wednesday, let's do something fun in addition to somebody's going to have a lot of fun winning the Dream. But, you know, by the time that's said and done, there'll be two or three drivers who can probably add their name to the historic Big E winners list. All right, Ben, you mentioned Madden and Davenport, but I want to know, when we have this Dream makeup, guys that were in the feature probably – Besides a Christmas miracle, had a chance of winning it because there were so many good guys. Madden was good. Since then, what are two or three guys that we need to look at that's found some speed over the summer to when we get to the World 100 weekend? You know what? They have a chance to make some noise here. They're kind of re- re-hitting or hitting the refresh button. Well, I mean, obviously Hudson O'Neill. I feel like Huddy, he's really found his, his mojo here in the second half of the year. He's going to restart third in the dream. And I know talking to Roger Sellers, Sellers, that car owner, he he really believes it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when they're going to get a big one at Eldora. Uh, Tim McCready, man, he's been a little quiet since he took that forever break that was only two weeks, but in our sport feels <laughs> like two years. Uh, I really think McCready's going to come in. Would not be surprised to see him in victory lane. You know, that's probably two at my forefront. And then, you know, Rocket One. You don't know which Rocket One you're going to get. I mean, are you going to get, a, a, you know, the Rocket One that, by a lot of teams, will be a, a dream run in that fifth to 10th position. Or are we going to see Rocket One that we saw at Fairbury that wired the field? But I think the big thing is if they're going to be Jonathan Davenport, you can't lead him, let him get out there and lead the first lap of the world because it seems like if he leads lap one, he leads the next 100 these days. Ben, I would take a dream and a an, uh, World 100 uh, prediction, please, both. Chris Madden, monkey off his back. He's going to finish that one off. He's going to get $128,000 to get his first Eldora big win. And as uh, we heard uh, Derek say earlier, he's going to do it in a different car since he junked the other one at I-80. And then in the world, man, how can you bet against him? Jonathan Davenport, he gets World 100 number five. That's going to give him sole possession of second behind only Billy Moyer on the all-time winner list. Benji, thanks for everything on the road to Eldora, too, man. It's been great. I've really enjoyed it all. It has been a blast. Can't wait to be at the Big E now. All right, man. See you next week. Uh, when we interviewed Robert Holman back in June during our media roundtable for the Million in the Dream, I told him, you know what, Robert? I'm not going to put you on a shot clock. Everyone teases Robert about going long on the Dirt Reporters podcast. I said, you know what? I'm not going to do it. But then, Derek, he started running the old four corners North Carolina offense, the stall ball offense on us. And I said, all right, you know what? We got to put him on a shot clock <laughs> for the World 100 and Dream video cast. So he joins us now, guest number two, one of my favorite dudes, even though he's a Kentucky basketball fan, Robert Holman. Robert, what do people at home need to be paying attention to for the World 100 next week? Well, first of all, I'm going to try to zip through this just so I don't have to hear any music. I don't want to hear any music playing the off stage today, okay? So I'm going to, I'm going to try to get through this Got pretty it. quickly. Um, but I think clearly all eyes are going to be on, on Jonathan Davenport. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, to see if he can continue the incredible season that he's having. Granted, he's starting kind of way back in the in the dream, but then we've got this whole new uh, the World 100 deal coming, you know, so – uh, he'll have a kind of a fresh slate there. Uh, you know, think think back. Technically, with Davenport winning the the September 11th race last season, which paid fifty three thousand and was considered the fiftieth World 100, he became the first back to back winner since uh, Donnie Moran in '96 and '97. It's kind of confusing 
in that Brandon Overton's World 100 win on September 9th was actually the the 51st World 100. Uh, but you know, not notwithstanding any, you know, forget all that. I think you have a situation where Davenport, Overton, Chris Madden, of course, and maybe three or four others will be favored against the entire field. Uh, I would say I'd add Tim McCready, Chris Ferguson, McDowell, Shepard to that list and go out on a pretty strong limb here to say that the winner of the 52nd World 100 will come from from that group right there. You, you stole my next question right out of my mouth. Are the days, you just mentioned these guys, you feel so strongly about it, are the days of someone who's not JD or Madden or Sheppy, are the days of one of those kind of guys winning big races at Eldora, are those days over? And if they are over, should we have some sort of sadness about that? Well, it's getting more and more difficult for, for an average Joe, so to speak, to win one of these races for sure. Uh, it just takes so much effort financially, uh, manpower, everything that goes into it. So it's tough for a, a middle-of-the-road team to come in there and win. I think maybe a guy like uh, Greg Satterley or maybe a, a Zach Dome could win it for sure. Uh, and, and I hold out hope that that's possible. But at, at Eldora, you know, you've got the best of the very best. All the teams who are capable of spending the most amount of money, hiring, getting the most resources, you know, to try to get the job done. So will there be an upset sometime in the future? Let's hope so. You know, it's refreshing to write about events like this when you have, you know, you, you have a winner like a, a John Blankenship or a Randy Boggs from, you know, back in the 90s, you know, get to victory lane. That's refreshing for us riders. So let's, I'm holding out hope that it happens. Robert. How do you want me to handle the faux togs, the Kovacs of the world in the press box, yelling too much, talking too loud <laughs> during the races while you're working too hard? Because I, it's been a concern for me and you the last couple of years. How are we going to get those guys dialed in to make sure they're quiet? Uh, I don't, I don't know what to do down there in that area, but, but it is absolutely brutal. You know, I did my internship. I did my internship, you know, way back in the day with the Tennessee Titans. And, you know, in an NFL press box and stuff, there's no cheering. There's no – it's like really – not really solemn, but it's – it's it's you're working. You're there. And, and most of the time if I'm in a media center, I'm there to work. But then you get these crazy video people coming in, and they're all like – they've been – you know, they're kind of coming in there to take a break. So it's kind of like their break room and my work room. So – I don't know if, if we can find some solution to, to meld the two where they can have an okay place to take a break. Because granted, I don't want to stand out there for like eight or ten hours holding a video camera, so I'm sure they don't want to. So if we can find some kind of middle ground where I can work and they can have a little break area, then I think we'll, we'll survive. But whew, the last couple of years, and you know, Kovac, he's got friends in every corner. Every corner. So he's always strike up a conversation with anybody, uh, and you just you just never know what could happen. Oh man, this is, see see Robert, you're not going long, and your content's dynamite. Yeah, I love this short burst awesome. dynamite. I'm uh, proud of him. All right, last thing, uh, Robert, uh, winner for the dream, winner for the world. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that uh, Chris Madden uh, caps off the the week. You know, the finishes this deal up and gets this dream. Uh, and I'm going, I talked to Tim McCready at the topless 100 and, and I'm asked him, I'm like, Tim, would you like for me to stop picking you to win races? And his answer was no, it actually had a, some expletives in there as well, but he's just basically said, he's glad somebody thinks he's still capable of winning. <laughs> so, so, you know, I'm going to ride the Tim McCready horse until it pays off. 
So once again, it's T Mac for the win at the World 100. All right, Robert, I appreciate that, buddy. That was spot on. Didn't even have to get the shot clock out. And Kovacs, our next guest, saw so yell at him for being loud, okay? Thank you. <laughs> you know, I was going to introduce our next guest as Rachel Davenport's favorite Dirt on Dirt writer, but we got to give him a chance to respond. It's Double K, Kevin Kovac. Kevin, you've been called out by Robert Holman for being obnoxiously loud in the press box. Do Unreal. You have, do you have a response for this, Kevin, before I get to my first question? Hey, number one, I heard that. Yes, I did hear that. And he did not say obnoxiously loud. Let's not go. Now, you've already, like, you know, accentuated what he said. I searched it, it up, as McKay Winger would say about your stories. Yeah, that's right. He, there's a lot. I mean, I might have to talk. But, hey, I don't. I think that there's a lot of talking in there, too. And But anyway, doesn't isn't that called now? Everyone, are you always calling out the Kevin Kovac Memorial Press? Room? That is true. So, all right. Hey, I got I to, gotta, like, got to talk to the people then if it's going to be like that. All well, right. I mean, they're coming to see me, apparently, right? Back, uh, <laughs> back on topic, uh, give me a breakdown of each event, if you would. A little easier for the dream to break down. There's only 80-plus laps left. But do a little dream breakdown, a little world breakdown for us, Kevin, if you would. Yeah, you look back at that dream, those, those first 14 laps, that was just so rushed. I, don't, I mean, I don't know, like, I mean, what, what what's really happening there? I mean, I don't know how much you can carry over from that. And uh, did Chris, was Chris Madden the best guy? Was Brandon, Brandon Overton really good running second? You know, I mean, and it, it was running a lot in the rain. There was rain coming down during those 14 laps. So uh, we were basically lucky to even get that much in. So I'm not going to look exactly about that. Although there's one guy who did make a good move in those 14 laps. Most of those, most everybody was on the same spot. Even like Jonathan Davenport, he's running way back there in 20th, and he started I think 21st. But the guy who started next to Davenport started 22nd was Dale McDowell. He's already up to 12th. He picked wow. up 10 spots in those first uh, uh, 14 laps. So that puts him in a good position. I mean, I think he's going to take that much more than. Uh, Davenport having to restart 20th in the in the dream, uh, but there's a lot. And like I think uh, Derek has already touched a little bit on uh, on talking about Chris Madden. He doesn't have that same race car that he had in that night. I mean that thing has been put out the pasture now because he crashed it at uh, I-80 in Nebraska back in July. So, but again, Chris Madden super confident. I think that he will be ready to go in this race. There's no doubt about that. He's not running. He hasn't run since the North-South 100. He took the topless off. He took the Port Royal weekend off. He's taken Labor Day weekend off. He will be ready for the Eldora Dream on Wednesday night, you know, and I think that uh, everyone's going to have to deal with him because his confidence is running super high. Uh, even though his last night at the North-South, he did have that little drop. But, you know, he bounced in the air and, and didn't even complete one lap, uh, I think Chris Mann's going to be pretty tough. Uh, he, he's ready for that re- to restart. That's a dream breakdown. What about the world? How do you see the world? Before we get to your notes, and I know you got a lot of them, what do you see about the world? Yeah, the world, I, I ever just think about this. It's just the first time we have the re- the regular three-day format for the world since 2019. Uh, you know, with the two preliminary nights back in 2020, that wasn't, you know, there was no fan. There was a th- it was a three-day deal with the Intercontinental, but it wasn't the world. Uh, and then last year, it was just the one day of uh, the preliminaries, you know, like with the, uh, the two days of racing, you know, like for each, divi- for each of the world. So uh, back to three, I think that like that gives everybody a little bit of a chance here now to, uh, you know, they can make up for that bad night. Maybe it's just not quite as much pressure on everybody to make the most of one night. They can, they can uh, recover a little bit if they do have uh, one, one off night to start the week. 
I know you've got notes for the weekend. You'll also join us later in the show for the Kevin Kovac Memorial Notes section. So don't give them all away, but lay them on us. Give us some of that uh, notebook spilled out onto the microphone for the folks at home. Ben Ben already stole that one about Daryl Lanigan in the Capitol car running for Tony Jackson Jr. But that's pretty pretty neat story there. That'll uh, be something to watch. His first time in a Capitol car and and only his uh, second time racing, second weekend racing since the dream in the in the million back in the in June. So uh, keep an eye on Lanigan, see how he does. Uh, back in action uh, is, is most expected to be back in action is Scott Bloomquist with a brand new race car. He might be test. He might be debuting that at Smoky Mountain and the World of Outlaws race on Friday night, uh, leading into Labor Day weekend. Uh, that would remain to be seen when when I talked to uh, talk, you know got the information from. Uh, from the Bloomquist team first, but uh, back in action. Hopefully we'll have to see how his back and his leg, uh, how they uh, kind of react to being back in the race car because he hasn't raced since the middle of July. Stewart, Iowa was the last time he, uh, he competed, and he looked really in a lot of pain that day when I talked to him. So we'll see if he's been able to rehabilitate that back and, and, and his leg there a little bit since then. Uh, uh, I noticed that uh, Jonathan Davenport, you know, the hottest driver, obviously, and the guy who has, has to be a favorite for the World 100. Uh, he's not racing this weekend. He's taking the Labor Day weekend off after Ron Port Royal uh, the, this past weekend. And, and with that's the, I kind of look back at his schedules over the last few years, and, and that's unusual for him. He usually never takes a weekend off. He hasn't uh, not raced leading into the, uh, to the World 100 since uh, 2011. Uh, which is uh, you know a, a decade more than a decade since he's taken a weekend off before uh, before heading Eldora. Uh, I don't think that's going to really be a big deal for him. I think that he's run plenty and he's got plenty of racing under his belt. So uh, I think it just might be a good respite for him uh, before heading in. Uh, and then uh, just one other note too. I kind of want to mention that um, the, uh, looking at the Hillbilly 100 this weekend. Uh, leading into the World 100, how many drivers have won the Hillbilly and then won the Hill, uh, World 100 a few days later? It's only happened three times. Uh, so, three times, that's so, it. So two drivers. So, two I mean, drivers. it happened in 2017 with Jonathan Davenport, uh, 2006 with Earl Pearson Jr., and in 1989 with Do- uh, Donnie Moran. Twelve guys have won the Hillbilly and the World 100, but only three have won them in the same week. So, uh, well... We'll see if someone can, uh, you know, do that again this weekend uh, at Tyler County Speedway in Eldora. Man, those are great notes, Kovac. You're, you're a guru <laughs> at it. Good job. Yeah, I'm trying. Just yeah. No, thanks a lot, there. Thanks for the pat on the back. All right. So me and you, before like opening ceremonies, we like to check out the vibe right there outside the press box or the media center, your media center. So how do you think the vibe is going to be? Because me and Rigsby kind of talked about it with just like so much racing this summer. You think it's still going to be lively? The World 100 will have a good time. Oh, I think so. It's a, this is Eldora. It's the world. It's, it's it's the granddaddy of all the late model races, and uh, you know a lot of these races that have pinned fifty thousand dollars to win this year. I I wouldn't exactly say they were like the 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 most electric atmospheres. Uh, and there's something about a hundred lap race paying fifty thousand dollars to win that just kind of gets me going a little more than a fifty or sixty lap or even a seventy five lap or paying fifty thousand to win. It just it just feels like it's something different than just a, I mean, there's a lot of ten thousand dollar to win fifty lap races, and when you pay fifty grand, it's still the, the money's different, but the distance isn't. And who could win it? Maybe isn't much different than uh, you know when a hundred laps. That that 
shortens up like the you have to be a special driver also to, to win a hundred lap everything has to be going well so i think that that uh little bit of an aura of the world 100 is going to be there and and that's going to make that up you, you, you're not going to take anything away from the world one it'll still be pumped up when uh when it's time to go race especially after that video goes up on the big screen right kovac winner uh dream and world i'm going chris madden for the dream I think he gets it done. I'm not sure if he's going to lead every lap. I feel like somebody might come up and uh, make him have to work for it again. I mean, Brandon Overton is going to be right behind him right to start. McCready's up there, too. But I think Chris Madden finally gets that win. He's been thinking about it for three months. He gets the win. And, and in the World 100, uh, I'm going to go with Brandon Shepard. I think oh. I have a feeling that it's all going to come together for him and the Rocket Chassis house car team. Mark Richards has been going there for almost 50 years, you know, and he only has that one dream to – on his uh, resume, and, and, you know, they struggled a little bit, not quite as good for the entire 100-lap distance at Eldora, uh, other than that, you know, that dream win uh, in three years ago. I think this time, though, Shepard, they're going to come out. They're going to figure it out and get the win. He went three minutes longer than Robert Holman. How do you feel about that, Derek? Story <laughs> of my life, hosting the Dirt God, Reporters. Man, how it's do like you host Dirt or. Reporters with these two? My goodness. Kyle's, get, Kyle's getting long, too. It's just God, a, it's we gotta get Guys, watch, we got to get you to watch First Take and Skip Bayless and these guys. Got a little zippier, guys. Just a little quicker, you know? <laughs> God, Kovac, we love you. <laughs> All right. See you later. The voice of the Castrol Flow Racing Night in America series, the voice of the Kyle Larson High Limit Sprint Car series, and most importantly, the voice of Eldora Speedway, my guy, DJ Dustin Jarrett joins us now. DJ, two-part question. Number one, how in the hell is it World 100 week already? And number two, what excites you most about this week, this four days of racing that we've got lay ahead of us next week? You know, as an announcer, I, I'm supposed to have answers for everything. I do not have an answer for the first part of that. No idea where the summer went. Uh, number two, uh, there's a lot to be excited about. I'm gonna I'm gonna cherry pick a couple things though. Number one, we've already talked about it. It's this dream appetizer that we have that leads into the World 100. I think it's a really cool way to start off the week. It's on a Wednesday night, as you mentioned. But number two, and I think we're sleeping on this a little bit. You mentioned it earlier, Michael. How about the fact that the World 100 now pays $5,200 just to start? I mean, that's, uh, again, that's a, behind the, the Silver Dollar Nationals, there is nothing else that pays more to start. It's really cool to see the world, I don't want to say finally getting the recognition it deserves, but maybe the starters of the event getting that extra money. And, and look, we've always, seen, we've always seen great racing in the prelims and in the heats and, and in the beats. I think that's all going to be ramped up a notch now, knowing that just to start the World 100 pays over $5,000. Random Eldora things for the weekend. You always have such a good perspective on this. What do you got? Give me some random Eldora things for the weekend to watch. Full disclosure, I don't have anything nearly as great as what Kovac just gave you. Okay? <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but I, I, do have a, I do have a few things here. Uh, number one is I, I titled this Longhorn Domination, right? The Longhorns have won. Think about this. Longhorns have won every major Eldora event dating all the way back to June of 2019 wow. when, when Sheppy won the dream, right? Uh, that's, that's crazy to think about that we've had double dreams, double worlds. We've had a million. We've had the, the replacement races. So uh, Longhorns have certainly established themselves, at least right now, as the chassis to beat. Um, number two, uh, we've had a lot of talk lately, uh, both online and, and off-air a little bit, especially you and I, Michael, about the these 100-lap crown jewels where there haven't been any passes for the lead, right? 
I'm happy to report to you that only twice in the last 25 years has a driver led all 100 laps in the world. Good enough. Yeah, so history history is in our favor right there. And and then uh, third, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, throw out my annual Dale McDowell stat to you. (laughs) Uh, Dale McDowell uh, has now not finished. He has not finished outside the top 10 in this race since 2013. His average finish in the World 100 over that time is fifth. And if you take out those 2020 replacement races that we ran, get this, Dale McDowell has 17 straight top 10 finishes in Eldora Crown Jewels. Pretty impressive, guys. All right, so we've threw out some names of, you know, J.D., Madden, Shepard, McDowell. How do you think Brandon Overton's going to do? I think he might be, like, getting overlooked this weekend. Yeah, you know, Brandon Overton has, uh, look, it's no secret that he hasn't had the year that he had last year, but I mean, my God, who, who can follow that up, right? Like he, he set the bar so high on himself last year that, uh, that he, he made it almost unattainable this year. Uh, Brandon Overton, he, he didn't forget how to drive here or anything like that. He certainly got plenty of wins this year. Wouldn't surprise me one bit to see that mojo come back uh, this week. Is he going to be in victory lane in one of these two races? Uh, he, I, I personally did not pick him, but I don't think that any of us should be surprised if, if Overton is uh, standing on that victory stage at the end of, of one of these two big shows we've got. You get a prediction. You get two predictions, actually. The Dream and the World. You, everybody's picked Madden for the Dream so far. Will you follow suit? And give me your two picks, DJ. I'm going to buck the Dream uh, the dream trend. I'm actually going Tim McCready. Uh, I go. think that, that, yeah, I think Tim McCready is just, he's primed. Again, he's, he's in one of those Longhorn cars that we talked about. For the World 100, I I can't go against the grain. Jonathan Davenport is so good right now. I know it's the low-hanging fruit, but uh, it's just it it seems like uh, that he is the guy that has everything falling his way right now. He's good. The team is good. He knows his way around Eldora. I think JD gets his fifth globe on Saturday night. Thanks, DJ. Appreciate it. We'll see you at Eldora, buddy. Thanks, guys. You know, I feel bad for making him always go last on the round table, but you always have to leave your audience, Derek, wanting more, right? You got to leave them wanting more. And when Todd Turner is done, everybody in the audience wants more. The one and only Todd Turner, future Dirt Late Model Hall of Famer, of course, wrapping things up for us. Todd, we keep having first, right? At Eldora, double worlds, uh, double dreams, the million, the richest million, right? Paid more than the first million did this past year. A few months ago, where does this dream world in the same week rank or, or kind of put this in perspective from your seat? We've never done the million as high as it was. We've never done double worlds, double dreams. We've never done this. Help us understand this from your perspective a little bit. Yeah, we got a lot of unprecedented going on for sure. And I think, you know, like historians, when they look back on things, I think they generally like things to be clean. <laughs> oh, there's one World 100 each year. And we're going to get, you know, in 10 or 12 years or when the next generation comes along, they're going to look back at this 2019 through 2022 and, and kind of like, what what was going on? Uh, and it's kind of a COVID shuffle with, you know, having to double up on these races. Uh, of course, rain causes this one with the dream, shoving it to the World 100 weekend. It's just kind of, uh, it's not very clean. And it's, uh, it, it, it's, it definitely kept everybody kind of up to date on like, hey, hey what, so what exactly is going on this weekend? And, and what are we doing next spring? You know, it's like, uh, it's just not the clean uh, schedule that we're accustomed to. So, uh, you know, fans and everybody, drivers, we've all seemed to roll with it. They still put up a lot of big money with replacement races and whatever. Uh, so it's all good, I guess. It's just, 
uh, a little bit, uh, it'll look a little confusing maybe when uh, guys uh, go through the record books uh, some years later. You know, I can't believe I'm asking this, and I don't even know that I'm asking it in the right way, but with the explosion of growth in dirt late model racing, all these 50,000-to-win races, I know it gets as weird to say this. Is there any danger, and Derek and I touched on this, that the World 100 could blend in a little more than it normally would? You know, Deer Creek 50, Smoky Mountain 50. You know, at the PDC this year, we paid 100 grand at Fairbury. Is there any risk that the World 100 kind of blends in and slots in a little more than it normally would in our sports hierarchy? Uh, I guess there is that danger. I don't think so. And again, this. This goes back a little bit to the previous question, this mishmash of, of races, you know, the capacity of the race fan and everyone to kind of like take this all in and kind of categorize what it means is a little tricky. Now, really, it's it's partly because the Veldora has had so many races and a shuffling of races and, of course, the million, which all that stuff is great. But, yeah, in some ways, the World 100 is kind of having to, like, you know, raise its hand up and say, hey, I'm still here, you know, <laughs> uh, because it's got all this stuff going on. Um, I do I, – I wouldn't mind, you know, I, I know if you went back to 20 years ago, if we did one of these, I would complain that we didn't race enough at Eldora. And now I feel like we almost race too much. I wouldn't mind uh, if somebody kicked out a, hey, let's have a retro World 100 and qualify one night and run the next. Oh, man. You know, just for kicks. And uh, may, may, maybe, you know, Eldora competes with itself a little bit with these – with a dream and the million and, and multiple uh, preliminary races and such. So uh, I think the world 100 will be fine. I don't think it's a big deal. I think the, the money, extra money and stuff has made a difference, but, uh, uh, but it definitely is a crowded, uh, a crowded schedule these days. Eldora notes, give them to me. Well, I'll talk more about the format. And a lot of y'all have mentioned the start money is great. Uh, you know, second place is up 25,000 from 20. Uh, what I really like, uh, besides them dumping the scrambles, which I really <laughs> like, uh, I, I like that they cut the starting field this year back to 24 yeah, cars. I, you know, we had we had drifted into where it was 32 cars some years and 30 for many years. And that was on the same time when we were having fewer entries. Um, I like it to be exclusive. I like, I like when a guy rolls into a weekly track and somebody says, hey, this is a World 100 win, uh, starter. That means something, you know. Hey, I was one of 24 guys that made, you know, the sport's biggest race. And and some years ago, that really did mean something. And I think that's been watered down a little bit with, uh, with you know, too many cars in the race that really, you know, in some ways didn't belong. I mean, it needs to be exclusive. I mean, you want to you wanted to keep it pruned to that 24, and I really like that. Uh, also with the extra money, uh, don't, don't overlook that. They also added some extra money to the, uh, the guys that don't qualify up $400 from 250. Um, you know, so there's a lot of money, uh, like counting a dream this weekend, 900 some odd thousand dollars. But, but I really like the format tightened up a little bit, you know, dumping the scrambles, smaller field, uh, more money. It's good. So this whole dirt on dirt shenanigans started in 2007. <laughs> shenanigans, which is great. You're welcome, yes. by the way. <laughs> 15 years ago, Todd. Just crazy that this weekend coming up that you guys started it all. Just looking back on it, it's quite the impressive feat. Well, uh, it wasn't near so loud in the press box back then. I, I do know that, but uh, um, <laughs> there was no there was no was, press uh, box. You were on a barrel oh, in the oh, infield. That's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's right. I forget. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's fun to look back, and it's hard. And when we count up the number of times we've been there, and of course, many of us have been there before that. But uh, but to have that that kind of legacy now of dirt on dirt covering this race for so long, every year I feel like I see that number, and I'm like, oh my goodness, how can it be that long? But uh, it is a it is a great great event to cover, and even better now. And and I'm glad this this race and this track and late model racing at Eldora is getting more and more attention uh, over, you know, over our lifetimes, you know, in some ways, I mean, you can remember way back in the world 100 when people would like have to call the track to find out who won and things like that. It was kind of, kind of crazy. Uh, and now that it is, you know, on flow and so many people watch it and it's this big event, uh, it's fun to be part of that for all these years. I almost wish I was going to do the old Seinfeld. I wanted the Earl and Bernice to let me record the phone. Why don't you just tell me the name of the person who won the race on the answering machine when they call Todd <laughs> dream winner and world 100 winner. Who you got? Give us a round us out here. So I'm going, uh, following DJ there. I like McCready in the dream. He's restarting fifth. I, I feel like he's for long races there, even though this isn't a hundred laps, it's going to, he's going to have 86. I, I like him, and uh, you know, I hate, I hate, uh, I'd like to see Madden win it. Madden will win one there someday, and this is certainly the one that everyone thinks he will. Uh, but he's really going to have to do it out here. Uh, and then in the World 100, I'm going to go back to Brandon Overton. I mean, he he is still very good at Eldora. I just feel like it, it, it you know, it, again, not as consistent this year as last, but. Uh, but I think he's got the car that uh, they can really put on a show and then win this race again. Toddler, we appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. See you at Eldora. Thanks. Thank you to everybody, all five of them who joined us on our media roundtable. Yet again, the 16th year in a row we've done that. 16 years in a row. It's hard to believe. We're going to step away, take a quick commercial break. Back with Hudson O'Neill after this quick set of commercials. You're watching our Eldora preview for the Dream of the World 100 on Flow Racing and Dirt on Dirt. If you want to be remembered, you got to do more than just win. You got to get them out of their seats. You got to give them the slide job, cushion pounding, no holds barred racing they paid to see. This is dirt track. That means pushing it to the edge and laying it all on the line. Yeah, you might wreck. So what? We'll help you get back out there so they can watch you try it again and again. Pit Stop USA. Live like legend. Dirt Track Fantasy Racing is here with Dirt Draft. With action from the hottest drivers across all major dirt series, put your knowledge to the test with Dirt Draft. Sign up, draft your team, and redeem points for hundreds of different prizes. And for the first time ever, you can be crowned an official series fantasy champion. You can't play all season if you don't play today. To play, just go to DirtDraft.com or download the Dirt Draft app today. Become a fantasy racing champion. Quist 
on the pole. Pierce on the outside. The 50th World 100 is underway. The four-time winner dives on the bottom. The hot rod septic team zero. Bloomquist down the back straightaway. Pierce on the outside. They go side by side at a turn three. Pooling the first lap of the 50th World 100, Dustin. Off corner number four. A dead heat at the straight. Literally a dead heat according to timing and scoring between Scott Bloomquist and Bobby Pierce. Brandon Overton is your leader. Ekinas has gone from 25th to 10th as well. Give him a shout out. Here we go. First time Davenport restarts on the Davenport to the bottom. And Jonathan oh. Davenport's going to take the lead on Overton down the back straightaway. Oh, my goodness. Car 49 won the 49th. Car 49 is one lap away from winning the 50th as he hits into one. Mikey Marler second. Overton, McCready, Ferguson. They head down the back straightaway. And Jonathan Davenport. Looks like he's going to get another World 100 win for WLO Motorsports Lance Landers Racing. Off corner number four, it is Jonathan Davenport, your winner of the 50th World 100. That was JD's fourth World 100 win last year. Puts him in pretty rare company, right? If he would get five this year, he would only trail Billy Moyer, who has six effing globes, as I always like to say. Uh, well, it's wild when you think about it. We're starting to rank these top five drivers in the history of dirt late model racing. Jonathan's got four World 100s. He, I mean, he's he's getting there on and being in the top five, Derek. He's not going to rack up the win totals because he didn't race like you know Buck and Freddie and those guys did back in the day, where he can race and rack up a ton of regional win totals. But God, is JD top five all time already? Uh, yeah. You think he is? Pretty close. I mean, he has seven major Eldora victories, a God. million. Uh, dream the Intercontinental. So he's he's doing pretty decent there and. He's obviously won several national championships, so he's, yeah. he's up there. It's a little bit different era because maybe right. those guys back then didn't race for national championships, but I think that's a huge factor to going into the top five or ranking them here on out. Back at our World 100 preview video cast, I guess I should say Dream and World 100 preview video cast, Michael Rigsby and Derek Kessinger in our Dirt on Dirt and Flow studio. Suave, we keep talking about the Dream, and DMAC, our producer, got so excited earlier, he jumped the gun a little bit and showed the Dream running order. That's okay because we can show it in both places, so... We are 14 laps in. This is what it looks like right now. Madden, Overton, Huddy, who will join us in a second, Carson Ferguson, which so many people forget is running fourth in this race, McCready, Strickler, Zach Dome, Fergie, the other Ferguson, uh, Kyle Bronson, and Greg Satterley, Derek. We, we touched on it a little bit earlier in the show, but man... Chris Madden, snake bitten so many times at Eldora. His, he talks about getting cold chills when he just thinks about Eldora. He hasn't raced in three weeks to prepare for Eldora. He is sitting in maybe the best position of his career to get an Eldora victory. I think the majority of that building, that place, that track, that night, I know I will be. And this is no dis. Hudson's gonna Hudson's listening on hold right now, He's going, like, "Listen, wow, thanks, you Rigsby. sob Rigsby, <laughs> you don't want me to win this race, but man, Hudson's gonna have a lot of chances. I, I am pulling for Madden, Derek, a little bit in this race. We talked to him at the Florence doing a preview thing of just how you prepare for a three month hiatus of a race. <laughs> I kind of call them the Dale Earnhardt of the Daytona 500, where he's been oh so close. I mean, 
he was starting in the front row that one feature and get, couldn't get the car started, so he had to pull off before oh, the race God. even started. He's been second at the million. Uh, he's leading here, and then we see something we've never seen before. We took a break for three months, so hopefully Chris Madden can uh, make some noise there. Obviously, some guys, including our guests, might say otherwise, but it would be a good feel-good story, no doubt about it. You see Zach Doman seventh there. If that bottom's good, I think Zach could be a factor and be a fun surprise. When a Dale McDowell, like Kovac said, all the way from 22nd to, I think it was Kovac, from 22nd to 12th in 14 laps. Is this another Dale? Madden leads for 73 laps, Derek, and here comes Dale McDowell at the end of the race on the bottom. Will we could see a little bit of that Mac Daddy magic again on the bottom of this yeah, race? 12th is a pretty good starting spot for McDowell. On yeah, exactly. Here. He's usually in that uh, 20th range, maybe 18th to 24th. And then T-Mac, too. If I always feel like he's rallying, but he's right up there as well. It's going to be very tough to pass Overton and Madden, but then all eyes will be on J.D. early. See if he can get through all those lap, or not lap cars, but get through traffic and see how his arrow is working We've this talked weekend. a ton about Jonathan Davenport right here. He is 20th in this race to me, 86 laps, 20th for J.D. And I'd say with by 40 to go, he'll be inside the top 10 and probably be fine, so we'll keep an eye on that as well. In track addition, prep. what's that? DMAC, okay. Prep. Yeah, track prep will be a uh, interesting um So they running this before those features? I, I, you know, shamefully, I don't know that. The way Todd had it laid out, they're running those other features so, first. Yeah. I would guess they're going to run on those website, first. Uh, two of those features, uh, tentative third one if needed it says yeah. and then the feature so and then the feature so so it'll be kind of closer to what it might be towards later yeah. tonight but if it was first yeah. i'm with you if it could be a little more wet not yeah. used to uh having a hundred lapper because usually it's slick by then in addition to the dream wednesday and dmac thank you for that eldora also running that special program for guys that have never won a feature at eldora i asked todd to put together a list of Guys that could be front runners for this race, non-feature winners ever, who could win a couple of these features or win one of those features on Wednesday. Garrett Alberson, Tyler Bruning, R.J. Conley, Derek, a long-time you know, Ohio guy has never won a feature. Jason Fager running better, Derek, right now. The high side hustler's been good. And you nailed it for me. Mike Marler, I believe he's won a modified race, has never won an Eldora late model feature. According to the Eldora website, I, I went to Andy Savory, and Todd Turner and said, is that right? He's never won a prelim? They're telling me no. So Mikey, I think, clearly would be the Vegas favorite on this list. But Garrett Smith, right? He's been good this year. Mark Whitener, Ashton Winger, a talented guy. Derek, who on this list stands out to you as a guy who could win one of those Wednesday nights? You know, I think the kid from New Mexico, Garrett Alberson, just kind of making a scene here the last couple of years racing late models. Obviously, he's been really good in the Southwest, was pretty fast at the Wild West shootout in years past, but now he's making his noise. He's venturing off, living in Iowa now. Uh, I'd like to see Garrett Alberson. That'd be pretty cool because I feel like he loves the history of dirt late model racing. He appreciates the history of the World 100 as well. Garrett Smith, the Georgia kid, has been fast all year. He's had speed, was good back at the Prairie Dirt Classic. Zach Mitchell, one of those Southeastern guys that I would love to see get up there and run well. Uh, and again, Ashton Winger, right? We just had that big visit with his mother, Lynn, down there at uh, Atlanta Motor Speedway where they live. He had a ride change in the middle of the year. Uh, I think he'll be a factor. And there's some there's some good names on this list. What I like too, Derek, whether it's a Corey Hedgecock or a Mark Whitener or an Andrew Rayome, somebody is going to get out of that car freaking pumped on Wednesday night to win one of these features. Yeah, Eldora, the stage, yep. you get to take your picture. I said the northern way there, Thank you. so you're welcome. <laughs> and uh, just to see that crowd going crazy for you. And you're kind of like... DJ said the appetizers, appetizers, the dream. This is like the pre-appetizer, yes. the meal before you go to the inside the restaurant. So uh, it'll be good fun, I think. I showed that dream running order earlier. The guy who will roll off third with 86 laps to go and really has had a very nice year, to say the least, especially since June, the first attempt at running the dream is Hudson O'Neill and Huddy. 
joins us now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline. Hudson, obviously we're going to talk a lot about the World 100, but I just mentioned and just showed the dream is first, Hudson, on Wednesday night. You're rolling off third for $128,000 to win. Take me through your mindset, Hudson. It's been three months since we've had this race. You may or may not have the same car. Some guys do, some guys don't. This is a pretty unique set of circumstances that you're in starting third in this race. Honey, how do you approach it, and how mentally are you kind of going into the dream on Wednesday night, buddy? Well, hopefully, you know, we, we obviously had a pretty good race car rolling, uh, you know, running <laughs> third there. We started, we started up front, and and uh, we're hanging on for the time being anyway. So, uh, you know, I just hope that we can go back and, and kind of match the speed that we found, you know, uh, that we found there on that Saturday, because it, it, it was a struggling week up there, um, to say the least. You know, we... We, we qualified good and heat race good every single day. We just couldn't find the speed and the features that we needed, especially those daytime features. Uh, you know, we really struggled in those. So uh, the, the Saturday we came across something and we finally got a little bit better for those features. And I felt really good about the rest of the race on Saturday. So uh, hopefully going back, it's going to be a Wednesday this time. And uh, if, you can, if you can come out of there with a good running on Wednesday, uh, if you can win on Wednesday, man, that's going to really pump you up. For <laughs> Our producer, Dustin McCarty, gave us a good point. How do you think the track's going to play out? Because we're not racing all weekend on it for the finale like yeah. we would have done back then. This track might be a little wetter. Do you kind of expect that maybe we're going to have a different track service than what we were what, than what we had in June? Yeah, that's most definitely something we've been thinking about. You know, we think that. I would have to assume that it's going to be a little bit more wet just for the circumstances of we're not going to have all the racing on it that we normally do. You know, normally by the time, uh, normally by the time we get to, uh, I don't, I don't really know the whole format for the, uh, for the pre-race with, uh, with the non-winners deal and everything, but, um, you know, it can't be as much as six, 15 lap heat races and, and, uh, you know, B mains and, and everything else. So, um, you know, I, I, we're really looking forward to it. We think that we uh, we stand a chance. We stand as good a chance as anybody, and we have a good starting spot to finish off the rest of the 80-something laps. So hopefully we can go there and have a good showing. Hudson, since that June weekend, you've got five wins. You've got six on the year. You've won five times since the dream was originally supposed to run. You're clearly one of the best drivers in the country since that point. You're 10th right now in the Dirt on Dirt Top 25 as we head into Labor Day weekend this weekend. What has clicked the past two, two and a half months for you that maybe wasn't clicking before that's allowed you to get those five victories? What's going right in that Roger Sellers uh, team right now? I think just persistence. Uh, you know, we've, uh, you really got to sit down and think about it sometimes. You know, man, did we struggle at the beginning of the year, but man, we just never gave up. We just kept going and going and going. And I'm not saying that we're where we need to be, really. You know, I would like to be back to winning some of these crown jewels. You know, we won three of them last year, and we just, or two of them, and then we won the Pittsburgher. And, it, you know, we had a good showing last year. We just, uh, <clears throat> we just, we have yet to find that speed in these long races. But, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're knocking on the door. We're obviously getting close. We had a good showing down there at Batesville. And uh, like I said, I think we have a good baseline going back to Eldora for that Saturday show. And, uh, you know, I love Eldora. And every time I go there, I, I seem to get a little bit more comfortable there the last few years. Uh, I struggled there early in my career, but uh, we seem to be, uh, I seem to be getting more comfortable with the place and there's nothing more important than laps there. So uh, I think it's going to be good. And hopefully we can uh, have a strong showing the rest of the year. You know, it's uh this rocket chassis, man, it's uh, it, it's been a little bit of a bear to us, but yeah, we just keep going and going and going, and man, we just get we just keep getting a little bit better and a little bit better, and and uh, the rocket chassis as a whole, you know, we all seem to be all seem to be just climbing our way back to the top, and uh, you know, we're 
we're really happy to be a part of it. Huddy, I say Eldora Speedway and the World 100. What do you say? If I just said, hey, man, Eldora and the World, what's your reaction to that? Well, it's, it's it. You know, it's our Super Bowl. It's, it's, uh, it's our World Cup. It's our Olympics. It's our everything. You know, you just can't explain it no better than that. And, uh, you know, people can say what they want. Uh, they can say that, you know, well, outdoors is just another race. And you got to you got to think about it like that. You know, you can't go in there with a lot of high expectations because you're just going to be let down. So, uh, you know, but you got to go in there thinking that you got a shot. And, uh, you know, if man, if we win one of these things, we might burn that place to the ground. <laughs> well, don't do that. We love it. Let's don't burn it down. <laughs> let's, let's keep it. But do you think you can appreciate it even more? than some of the other kids, Hudson, because your life has spent, been spent growing up at Eldora, right? Because your your father, who had success there and who is now a Hall of Famer, I, I just feel like you've got even more, you know, whether it's you or Bobby Pierce or Devin Moran or Billy Moyer Jr., I think you guys love Eldora even more and appreciate it even more, don't you think? Well, yeah, you know, anytime you grow up around something and you get to experience the history, you know, I was there when my dad blew the transmission up leading the World 100. I was there whenever... Uh, Whenever, uh, you know, in 2011, right after he won the dream, he went back and had a chance to win the world and him and Daryl Lanigan got in a little bit of a, a little bit of a scuffle and throwing sliders on each other. And, you know, it took, took them both out of the race. They were going to run one and two. And then, then, you know, it ended up, I don't remember who like get by, but, uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, I was there for all that. I was there when my dad won the dream and me and my brother and, uh, running down the front, running down the front stretch in the grandstands because we weren't old enough to get in the pits yet. Just uh, beating on the fence, wanting to get down there. <laughs> Your dad, you know, it's, uh, I've been there, I, you know, I've seen so, I've seen so much history go down there and, and I've been a part, you know, and then the last five or six years, I've been so fortunate to be a part of, uh, to be a part of these races and to, um, have good runnings and win some prelim nights. And, uh, so it's, uh, yeah, it's really, really cool and special. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I look forward to every time I get to go back. Huddy, this is your seventh World 100, which is hard to believe. Because wow. I remember that first one, you uh, made that sweet slide job to get in the show. And we have a cool video of you and your dad. You know, he's kind of pushing you. <laughs> what is the biggest thing you've learned, though, from that first World 100 that you can take into this weekend? Just what's the one most important thing you've learned for maybe the racetrack, how to handle yourself throughout the weekend? What's the one thing you've learned? Yeah, you, the biggest thing I've learned is you can't, you can't, win, you can't win these races if you're watching them. You know, so, uh, <laughs> good note. So, yeah. So, so whenever you're sitting there on Thursday and you have a chance to, you know, you, you just got to be easy on your equipment, you know, it, three days, it, it's, it's an endurance race. It's not a, it's not a sprint, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's cross country. So you gotta, you gotta make sure that you play your cards right. And you got to have something left by Saturday. You know, I've been, I've been in a lot of positions where, where by the time we even get to Saturday, our, our, our stuff is destroyed. You know what I mean? We're like, we don't have nothing left to race hardly. And, and, uh, you know, you just can't do that. If you watch these guys that win these races, the, their equipment and, and the, the preparation that they have for Saturday is all accompanied by making sure that you don't get into trouble earlier in the week. So that's the biggest thing that I've learned is, you know, to, to, I guess to finish first, first you must finish as somebody would say, but, uh, so yeah, we're just uh, you know, I, and I think as I get older and as I calm down a little bit behind the seat and I and I start to you know drive a little bit better the racetrack a little bit better. It's definitely I think the reason why you don't see very many young guys win there is just because of it's kind of an older style of racing. It's kind of more of a pace yourself, drive straight, don't spin the tires type of racetrack, and and that's why that's why you see a lot of these veterans succeed there. You see Davenport McCready 
Scott, Billy, all these guys that are that win crown jewels night in and night out. That's the reason why they do is because they're, they're just so good behind the wheel of a race car, and you have to have so much discipline. And I think as I get older, and I I say get older, I'm only 21, but you know, as I <laughs> as I get some experience under my belt, you know, I uh, I start to I start to pick up on some of those things. Your dad never won the World 100. He did win the Dream, like you mentioned, back in 2011, but never the World. I know how much that meant to him, right? The World 100. He and I have talked about what it meant. Uh, Being able to hoist a globe, um, and he was close a few times. Do do you feel any, and maybe duty is not the right word, uh, Huddy, but do you feel any sort of like, man, I got to win one for not just me. My dad went there so long and tried so hard. Do you ever think about that? I'd like to win one for the O'Neill family. Yeah, you know, I would love to, man. I'd love to win from one for myself. You know, it, uh, you know, just just to prove that I can do it. Uh, you know, I feel like I, I was really close there last year. I, you know, I felt starting in the back and driving to the front and being right there in the top three at the end of the race, and and uh, really felt like I had a shot to uh, to be competitive. And uh, you know, and I just I, I just faded right there at the very end. But man, I, I felt like that was that was a really good shot for me. And it's hard to be in those positions because. Man, the draw, the inver, there's just so many things that that can hamper you from being able to uh, be up front on Saturday. And and whenever everything goes right, you really got to take advantage of it. And, and, uh, you know, I was lucky enough too last year and, and I, and I've become to appreciate that a little bit more this year because I found myself not in that situation so much. So, uh, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta be, uh, be thankful and, uh, you know, but yeah, it'd be amazing to win one for the O'Neill family and get a name on that trophy. And, uh, who knows? Maybe this is a year. Maybe maybe it'll come in two years. But uh, hopefully, I can contend for one more. I was going to ask you about how neat it was for your dad to get inducted into the Hall of Fame. But the real headline is: Do you think James Essex's induction speech is still going, <laughs> Huddy? Well, that's the real question I want to ask. Do you think we're still going? <laughs> Man, you know, people pick on him and everything. But gosh dang, the guy the guys lived thirty wives. You know what I mean? How do you? How do you summarize all that up into a short speech, you know? But no, James Essex, what a pioneer of the sport. That's right. You know, we, you probably, you know, being, you know, being on the broadcasting side of it, James Essex is the guy. Oh, he's he, my idol, he, right? He's, he's he's the voice, you know. Without without James Essex, our sport wouldn't be where it is today. I firmly believe that, and. uh you know, so uh, whenever a guy gets in there like that, you, you, I love to listen to the stories, you know, especially, you know, I, I have so growing up around Brownstown, you know, like he did and understanding some of the past and being able to hear some of the stories about it. You know, that that's really cool. It probably bored somebody else, but it was cool to me. So. Derek, go ahead. All right. Have you been thinking about this dream since you're running third more than the World 100 because it's Ooh. both coming the same weekend? Good I question. think you're probably thinking of the dream first and foremost. Yeah, yeah, you got to go there and you got to finish what you started first. Uh, I think that, I think that we uh, that it's going to be a good week. Uh, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to to going and you know what, however you run on Wednesday, that's kind of going to set the tone for the rest of the week. I feel like so if you go there and you have a bad showing, well then you're, you know what I mean. Then you're going to be not really dragging, but you're definitely going to be on alert for the rest of the weekend. So uh, we just got to go there, have a good showing on Wednesday, and then that'll if you do that. 
you're going to run good the rest of the week because you're going to have the confidence. Let's Last question, Huddy. Let's set the dream aside for a second. Just focus on the world. I think we all agree if we're in Las Vegas betting, Jonathan Davenport is the favorite to win the world. Who do you think the next two, three, or four guys are? After Jonathan, how would you handicap it? Who's right there after him if we're picking betting favorites? I'm going to say that you're top. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go top five guys. Your top five guys, Jonathan Davenport, Tim McCready, Chris Madden, um, Hudson O'Neill. Brandon well, <laughs> I like to be included, but yeah, listen, I'm not going to get greedy, okay? And then you got, <laughs> got, you got Dale McDowell and Brandon Overton. That's the top five. They, listen, every time you go there, look at the last four years yeah. and tell me those five guys aren't inside the top ten every single racer. You're right. You're right. It's the same guy. Like you said, I think it's that style of racing, right? That patient, longer style of racing is right. Well, Hudson, this was, man, it it was so great to talk to you. It was an awesome interview. We really appreciate it. We will see you. I know we got Labor Day weekend first, so good luck this weekend with the Lucas stuff. Um, And of course, we'll see you running third next week at the Dream is the first time we'll see you, buddy. Thanks for hopping on with us, man. All right. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, thanks, Huddy. Derek, I got to tell you, you know, just his his maturity over there. He's I mean, he's turned into an unbelievably good interview. Yeah. That was really good. Oh yeah. When you asked me who to pick, I'm like, well, he's in the top ten, running third. Yeah. He loves uh, Eldora. Obviously, his dad had some success success and heartbreak at the same time. So he was very good, and uh, hopefully, he can make like a bonsai move to start that race off because they do the double file restarts. Maybe he's going to start in the bottom does that line where he goes underneath everybody and leads a few laps and hopefully a good showing by Huddy. Yeah, very, very impressed, Huddy. Nice funny job. That he's only 21. I know. He's, like, oh, yeah, he's like, Derek's well, he's turned seven years. years. He turns right? 22 coming up because that's the only reason he got the race. Oh, right. Well, I mean, only. His, yeah, I know, but Gosh. it is funny. Like, he what were you feel, doing at 22, McCarty? He does feel vet, veteran-ish, but he's been in yes. the seventh World 100. Bobby, how many World 100s has Bobby done already? His first right? one was 13. Right. <laughs> Think about that. It is a decade. 24. Uh, young, so much younger than 40-year-old yeah. me, guys. So much younger. All right, we're going to step away and take another set of commercial breaks. Back with a couple of fun World 100 nuggets, and we'll wrap, thing up, uh, wrap things up with Kevin Kovac back after this. In the market for custom race shirts, struggling with who to call, look no further. Impact Race Gear's team of top-notch artists and next-level printing make it easy to see that Impact Race Gear has the right combination for simply awesome race shirts. We provide shirts and merchandise for the entire motorsports industry, from late models to sprint cars to modifieds, dirt or asphalt. Just take a look at the top drivers and teams that trust Impact. And it doesn't take long to understand why Impact Race Gear is the easy choice. Be sure that your fans, sponsors, and supporters get the products they deserve. When you need the best, it's got to be Impact Race Gear. Give us a call, 877-743-8337, or visit impactracegear.com to get started on your Simply Awesome race shirts. This is this is probably uh, just uh, it's about as sweet as it gets, you know. I, I I know Earl's son came by earlier and I got his business card in my pocket and uh, he said that that if I won this race, Earl Earl would like to shake my hand or at least uh, get a photo or something. And uh, I was pretty happy to hear that and uh, happy to hear Earl was still doing well and and him and his wife were here tonight. I 
I've always enjoyed, uh, Earl, I don't think you can hang with me tonight like you did years ago. <laughs> Be a little harder, harder on you, wouldn't it? <laughs> that was his last World 100 of attendance, too, Earl. Yeah. Am I good, D-Mac? Good. All right. I was waiting on the point from my producer over there. He's he's now that he's big on air, you know, during these shows, he doesn't give me the cues sometimes like he should. It's been a year since I've done uh, it. It's been, it's been a minute. Back on the World 100 and Dream Preview video cast. Derek, that was 2014, uh, eight years ago. Scott show was over. last World 100 when he came from the back in the window net. And Scott that was my first World 100. Is that right? Yeah, 2014. I think there was a Green Man sighting, too. Yeah, there was. <laughs> oh, let's and not get may, into that. May or may not have been me. It was you, in fact. Uh, <laughs> that's just a neat Derek Bloomquist interacting with the late Earl Baltus. I, I, that is Mount Rushmore of Mount Rushmore stuff. Oh yeah, right? we have other B-roll video of them just talking and yeah. chatting, and it's just like I'm picturing them back in like the '90s and '80s, just talking to each other, and Earl probably giving you know Bl Bloomquist some shit, and then having a couple of drinks afterwards. You know, always in the grandstand yeah. because. Bob Pierce has always talked about that too. So Earl was a great guy, and Bloomquist adored him. One uh, fun thing we've started doing on these preview video casts is basically a, a, a Todd Turner kind of puts together his his favorite little quirky things by the numbers. Uh, DMac, let's take a look at that now. We've got two of these, which I just this is the stuff I gobble up and love. Uh, start with solid stretch. JD in those four years there is the lone driver to win four times over a seven-year stretch. Billy Moyer twice won over an eight-year stretch. Uh, his, you know, in that stretch, two, two of his wins, or four total, came in that eight-year stretch. And Jeff Purvis each won three races in four years. I botched that a little bit, Derek. The point is Jonathan Davenport's really good. He's the yeah, first person day to guy ever win four times in seven years. Uh, a certain age, I like this one, the average winner's age since 2000 is 36 years old. So, Suave, you're approaching that now. Bobby Pierce, the youngest at 19. Billy Moyer, the oldest at 52. Pierce, the only winner under 30, Derek, since Bloomquist in 1990. So how about that? So Bobby's, Pierce, Devin, Turbo, they're all screwed this Very weekend. rarefied air yeah, for Bobby to for get sure. that win when he did, because uh, that does not happen for young guys. Uh, Todd's favorite, the dustbin of history. There'll be no post-consolation race scrambles for the first time since 2012. Thank God. Dustbin. Two drivers were two-time scramble winners over 10 years. Frank Ekinist and Vic Hill. I love that he put that note out. I hated the scrambles. Thank God they're gone. I hated them. Especially when you saw a good B made, and then they're like, I know. Oh, we got to run this thing. <laughs> uh, there are 11 former winners uh, active. Bloomquist, Clanton, JD, Chubb, McCready, McDowell, Moyer, Overton, Owens, EPJ, coming off a big win at Port Royal, and Bobby Pierce, 11 guys still racing there who are active. So I mean, I've, speaking of Moyer, he's got the car looking like the old days. It doesn't even look like a Tim Lance car. I so love it. I love Looking it. sporty lately, though. Uh, I thought this note on Chris Ferguson on this second and final page was great here. The lone driver in World 100 history with more than one time trial lap under the 15-second mark. He did it in 15. He did it in 18. Four other guys have one lap. Shepard, Josh, uh, Bloomer, and Zach Dome all in 2018. So Ferguson is notoriously a good qualifier at Eldora. Uh, the last driver to win without a same-year victory paying at least $10,000 was Bart Hartman in 2009, Derek. So basically, you got to have kind of been good throughout the year yeah. to win the World 100. 20 years ago, Derek, this weekend. That's what I was going to say with one of my notes. Brian Burkoff won with the most famous last lap pass, arguably, in dirt late model history. 
Uh, Bab was the fast qualifier that night, 202 cars. But uh, I have the quote up here on the wall. I, I think it was Bloomquist. I can't swear to it, but I think Burkhofer, or excuse me, I think it was Burkhofer. I can't swear to it, but I think Burkhofer pulled off the upset, the great Ozzy Altman with that call. Uh, since Eldora added the preliminary feature programs in 2013, two World 100 winners, Bobby and JD, also won uh, you know, prelim features. And finally, Ohio drivers have won 11 times but not since Bart Hartman, Derek, all the way back in 2009, 13 years ago. Uh, so a dry spell for them. Those are That's just fun stuff that only the Dirt on Dirt crew can dig up, Derek. Yeah, I mean, that Ohio one's pretty cool. I'm sure Larry Moore and uh, Donnie Moraine have most of those. <laughs> yes, but that's right. Yeah, Bart Hartman was de- basically one of the shocking ones I've ever seen at the World 100 yeah. in my he lifetime. He killed him. The track was terrible that night. Yeah, yeah but he yeah. killed him. Kudos to him getting the win, and he's in uh, the history books at the Big E. Kevin Kovac joins us at the end of every video no. cast for the appropriately named Kevin Kovac Memorial Notes section. Not to be confused with the Kevin Kovac Memorial Press box, which is in the infield. His name's everywhere. Reminder, he's not dead, folks. Uh, we just had to, you know, they have memorial races, so we wanted to give him this. Kovac, what do you got left in the notebook, buddy? What do you got for us? I wanted to mention a little Shannon Babb notes here on uh, on Eldora for him. Uh, I mean, obviously, he, he won the race. The World 125 was disqualified for being a little bit light. Has never won it since then. I finished second for the highest. His highest finish was second in 2006. But how many races has he run at Eldora without winning one of the crown jewels? He won uh, a couple years ago. He won a preliminary during the Intercontinental Classic, you know, the COVID year race. But he has run 33 combined dreams wow. in uh, World 100. I mean, that, that, that's kind of just shocking a little bit to me how good he is. And he just, he, he's got a rank up there, I guess, as the top guy who's never won there now, you know, uh, that's active. Other, you know, Chris Madden and him are the top ones, but 33 uh, combined starts. He can even throw in the stream, the uh, Intercontinental, and, and this year's uh, Million. I mean, he has only started the World 100 once since 2015. Wow. 2019 was the only time he's been in the World 100. Uh, so uh, that, let's see if he can get a little bit better this year at, at Eldora. He is he should be taking that Longhorn car that he brought out a few weeks ago for about a month ago. Uh, maybe that'll change his luck there a little bit. He'll and he'll get it. But I mean, you'd think that Shannon Babb would be due and have everything go his his way one time there. Uh, another note is a uh, guy not planning to run has it off his schedule now is uh, not uh, the world 100 tanner english uh, you almost feel like he might go there because he just won twice at davenport with the world of outlaws his first ever world of outlaws wins but uh he's not been a guy that's run the, the eldora you know crown jewels a lot in his career and he's not planning to to run it uh, again this time kind of concentrating on the uh, world of outlaws stuff and also that fairbury race that will be coming up the Castro race right after uh, uh the world 100 his teammate, Riggs Motorsports teammate, Jason Riggs, does have the Eldora World 100 on his schedule, though. So we'll see a Riggs car there. And I'm going to finish off with just kind of a really, really super, uh, unfortunately, sad note, tragic uh, accident here uh, that uh, affected Matt Langston. A lot of people know him um, for being, he used to be with Jonathan Davenport's crew, now with Tim McCready's crew, a longtime uh, Longhorn staffer. A great guy, everybody. He's always a guy in the pit area that you want to have a, you know, talk with, and he's always quick with a quip. And uh, earlier this week, his his daughter, 18 year old daughter, his middle daughter, Sydney, she was uh, killed in a car accident down there in Trinity, North Carolina. And so, uh, just 
total condolences and, and thoughts and prayers go out to Matt and his whole family and, and his wife and his other two daughters, uh, you know, for losing Sydney. I mean, man, how, what, what, what a crushing, uh, you know, thing for any, 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 uh, you know, parent and, and, uh, Matt and his wife are dealing with that. And, uh, it's, uh, again, just sorry to hear that. And whenever when he comes back to the racetrack, uh, let's say everybody kind of, you know, wrap their arms around him a little bit and help him out and give him some support. Yeah, it's a, it's a great note. I actually sent Matt a text this morning, and he actually was gracious enough. He certainly didn't have to during this time to text me back. I've known Matt a long time, man, from the start of, of the Dirt on Dirt days. And I know Steve Arpin, of course, uh, one of the owners now of Longhorn Chassis, has set up a GoFundMe account in honor of Sydney, and I believe that some charitable foundation and everything that they're going to do on behalf of Sydney, which I think is great, uh, donated to that today. And I would encourage everybody to go out there and find that GoFundMe. I know Longhorn has shared it on their Facebook page uh, and some other stuff as well. So, Kevin, thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it. We will see you at Eldora, and uh, try not to be too loud in the press box. All right, buddy. <laughs> no, I definitely won't. No. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Swap final thoughts as we wrap up our uh, 16th straight year of our World 100 preview video cast. This Sunday, September 4th, the Baltus Classic. If you're there, enter the Earl Baltus Lookalike Challenge. <laughs> We're having a contest. The winner wins $427.21. Uh, that was the day he was born. So if you win that, you get pit passes, free admission to the World 100. If you get second, you get you know free admission to the World 100. And if you get third, two hot dogs, courtesy, because that was his favorite concession stand item. So it's kind of a cool little thing to remember, Earl. Uh, get your cool. hats flipped up. Hopefully we have a lot of people try out for that contest. That's just one of the notes I had to kick off, you know, kind of World 100 week is the Baltus Classic. McCarty, you've got that hat sitting over there. Toss that to Derek real quick and see if he can pull off an Earl look as we wrap up. Can you, let's see, now get, get, this is Turn's old hat. Can you get it nice and <laughs> There, you go. there we go. There we go. Turn sideways a little bit. I just love these late models. You know, the video back in the day. Yeah, so yeah. I, might, I might get, maybe I can convince Flo to send me out there one of some bucks and, uh, Celebrate a big win. Yes, yeah. the Earl Baltus look alike. I gotta shave my beard though. You've got a certain Earl quality to you, so I could see this. Oh, I, no, I, no. I, I, I can't compete can, uh, with that. We need an old trucker hat. That's true. Yeah. True. That you can really well. spin it up. Yeah, I just love that. I love these late models for Especially the Especially the ones we got here today. Yes. That's that's exactly yes. So go out so. there and check it out. Uh, I, I guess my final note would be this. We've talked a lot about what will the vibe of this World 100 be? How will people feel about it in the age of all of these big money races and everything else that's going on? And to me, I really want and hope people embrace it. This is still the biggest dirt late model race on the planet, despite the fact we paid a million dollars earlier this year. And I know that's life-changing money. That won't happen every year. I know that to be <laughs> to be true. This is still our Daytona 500. This is still... You can hear it in Hudson's voice when he talked about it. It is still and should be the most important race on the calendar. And listen, I'm involved in the Prairie Dirt Classic, and I have great friends at Cedar Lake. Josh King's one of my good friends at Florence, Port Royal, Deer Creek, East Bay, Sonoya. No matter where it is, there's a ton of big dirt late model events, and I want all of them to do well. But I do think it's important to have that anchor of recognizing what the biggest event on the planet is, and it's the World 100. I still think the World 100 reigns supreme. It was the first, you know, king maker, king event in dirt late model racing. As we sit here and talk about Earl Baltus, it reminds me of that even more, that this is and always will be the biggest event in dirt late model racing. And don't get lost in the shuffle of all the other big money being paid out there. The World 100, that weekend after Labor Day, Derek, in Ohio, there is still nothing bigger than that weekend. Yeah, it's an uh, amazing time and going there... A long time it seems like and uh all the memories all the people you see every single year it's 
it's a truly magical, and it I hope is. people come out and watch it. And it uh, should be a great time. We got a lot of racing this week. A lot of money's up for grab, and you just even five thousand two hundred dollars to start is pretty cool as well. It is uh, one time as, as well. Dmac, let's show that graphic of where you can watch this weekend live. Don't forget every lap. We have eighty six laps left of the Dirt Late Model Dream. I think Chris Madden gets his first. So I'm gonna hug his ass in Victory Lane too. I'm running down to Victory Lane and hugging Chris Madden. Yes, touch D-Mac. on that really quick. I got the uh, schedule up here. So yes, hot laps for all cars. Uh, first, chasing the dream feature, 20 laps. Second, chasing the dream feature, 20 laps. And then a third one, if necessary. Yeah. So you're talking about 100 laps, a little less than probably 100 laps yeah. for everyone hot lapping. Uh, and then going to run 84 laps. Yeah, because they're, be, lap they're hot lap time trialing, right? Yes, yes, which I love, which I love. I've made that very clear over the years. Uh, thank you for that, that schedule. That's good. So, yeah, very few laps on it before the dream. And then, of course, the World 100 on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, exclusively live on Flow Racing. Don't forget, Dirt on Dirt will have all the highlights and coverage as well. And uh, our, our, our film that's coming out too, Derek, the Million Dollar Curse about the Moran family and how no Moran has won at Eldora since Donnie Moran's Million Dollar Win. That comes out this weekend as yeah, well. Yeah, so uh, I was held hostage at the Moran camp there back on Memorial <laughs> Day weekend on that Monday. And uh, we had some great content, great interviews. I got to actually see the preview of it and actually the final product. It's it's pretty special, yeah. and I think it comes out on Sunday or Monday. It I think. Is. So, so, so you watch. Devin's going to go win the Baltus Classic on Sunday yeah, and ruin the entire yes. storyline right before the Just World win 100. the World 100. Yeah, Wait one more on, week. Devin, Come on, you? man. <laughs> uh, but thank you, everybody, for tuning in. A, a full Eldora preview video cast. For as long as I'm at Dirt on Dirt, we will do these here. Derek D. Suave, Derek Kessinger, thank you. Dustin Bacardi, back on the ones and twos, pulling the switches for us. Thank you to our entire media roundtable, Hudson O'Neill and everybody else. We will see you at the Dream in the World. Have an enjoyable Labor Day weekend. Big week coming up at Eldora. Thanks for joining us, guys.